0: Hello and
1: welcome! You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch Movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul.
2: Well, Joshua and Sagana, welcome to Resiliency. I want you guys to introduce yourselves to our listeners who don't have the blessing and privilege of knowing you the way that we do, and let us know a little bit about your family and what you've done in cross-cultural ministry now for the past, man, 15, 20 plus years
3: Uh, Just tell us who you are, where you've been, and all that. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Silas, it's really an honor to be here. First, just want to say that, and we love, we are both so thankful that we are with Antioch, more and more thankful over the years. Um, We can't think of anything we'd rather do and anyone else we'd rather do it with, so through the ups and downs. We've been married, this is our our 20th year of marriage. We'll have our 20-year wedding anniversary this summer. And it's the 20 year anniversary of our international ministry together. Cause we got married <laughs> on the field and started ministry. you know, all in one. So, uh, we've lived in Sagans, Mongolian. So we started out, we got married in Mongolia and lived there uh, for a year and a half. And then we moved to, uh, to South Asia and we were there for three and a half years, um, enough for, um, a dozen or so years. And then we moved to, to where we are now, Southeast Asia, a few years ago. So we've lived around several countries and we've always worked with the local church. And uh, we've been part of a few different iterations of church planting movement in Mongolia over the years. That's been our, our primary thing. Sagana, so anything to add to that? It's your story too.
1: Well, we have two children. N.A. And, and Hope. And our son is senior year in the high school and our daughter is 12, 7th grade. Yeah, since 1996, I've been following God and I believe God has someone for me and I got the one, the best man <laughs> I could ever ask. So, yeah. <laughs>
2: So real quickly, Sagana, what are you feeling as uh, N.A. gets ready to go off to university this year?
1: Well, <laughs> I cried since he was a baby thinking about his <laughs> relief <leave> when he <laughs> turns to So wow. right now I'm peaceful, and I'm, but I'm really um, proud of Mommy and just watching him maturing and being ready to take off. So I think I'm more peaceful than ever. And I will see when time comes closer and closer.
2: Yeah. Well, why don't you guys just tell us a little of your story. Sagada, you are a Mongolian. How about, Josh, if we just ask, what, what compelled you to initially go to
3: Mongolia? Um, well, I thought it was my flesh, actually. I had, you know, like so many of us, had other plans for my life, but fell in with Antioch and came from somewhere else you know didn't go to Baylor but had family there in Waco that I went to with after college and a couple of years working in Africa and Peace Corps and, and fell in with the Antioch group and it was just you know it was the group that I never knew I was looking for and I wanted to they were doing overseas so I joined a short-term trip to north China and up into Mongolia and and then I went on my own up into Mongolia Siberia to things that Antioch had there in those places that was the summer of 1999 when i was in mongolia i was staying with a, a family that was in the church a mongolian family and hadn't met the the workers who were there the the friends and staying in their home the second night that i was there i had a dream and in the dream uh, i encountered jesus and i was uh, i was i was frozen at his feet there was there was nothing else but the dream, the dream started with me in a, in a room, in a ger, uh, which is the Mongolian word for the yurt, uh, the Mongolian tent. And I was there, it was in summer, and I was sitting in the middle of this yurt, and there were people on either side of me. One, one was a group of Mongolians, the other was a group of other people related to Mongolians. And the Mongolians were trying to share the gospel with these other people, but the other people couldn't understand And I was in the middle, the Mongolians were trying to get me to translate for these people. And I, in the dream, I was speaking with the Mongolians freely in Mongolian and trying to get these other people to understand. And the other people wanted to understand, but they couldn't. Um, And it seemed like it went on for hours and hours in the dream. And then uh, my heart felt really heavy. I closed my eyes and I just prayed, Jesus help. And that's when I opened my eyes and Jesus was there and everything else was gone. I was at his feet on my hands and knees and couldn't move. Uh, And and I just said, Lord, help me. And Jesus looked at me and told me to learn the Mongolian's language and to help them to reach the other people. Wow. And then uh, and then I woke up and I was not a highly spiritual man at that (laughs) point. (laughs) I was a young man, uh, very hungry for Jesus, but ministry was not in my game plan for life and that it shook my world. I had never had an experience like that and I was not expecting to find something like that on my summer journey. I just wanted to see what Antioch was all about, you know? And, uh, but I took it really seriously, obviously. And, um, and that has set my life course. So uh, I talked with the friends and about it the next day when I met them for the first time, and then, I worked my way onto the friends and his team trying to get back to Mongolia uh, to try to, you know, I had this decision, right? You know, am I going to go with my own plans and let God be part of it? Or am I going to go with God's plans and not know what's going to happen? You know, because that was so far off the radar. But I said yes and just, just took it step by step, not knowing what was going to be the next thing. So I met Sagana that summer that I was there and she was just a girl in the church. There wasn't anything between us and she was planning to join the friends. And so maybe you want to tell that part.
2: Sagana, at what point, at one point also let us know, as you tell your story, at what point did your family get grafted into Christ? Uh, uh, obviously not a, uh, a nation known as a Christian background nation or anything. How did you guys come to Jesus?
1: Well, um, I was the first one in my family, and I was the youngest of six. And I was pretty strong with this Tibetan this, which my parents took me young. Like, I was far youngest, so I was very close with my parents. Wherever they go, I go. So, yeah, growing up, going to temple, and I just thought... (laughs) I even thought about becoming a woman monk or marrying a monk. That was me, and just very strong. Memorized some Tibetan prayers, and I had all those things people use. And but I, the, my dad died when I was nine, and that was really hard. And I missed him. And I just hoped that following the, all the things I have to do as a Tibetan Buddhist religious person. And I thought that will help me someday. And one one of my best friends invited me to the someone's house one time and said, hey, on Sunday, let's go. And I, I want to take you to someone's home. And as a young, single girl, and I said, sure, and went visited. it. It was uh, actually, yeah, um, there was an American team and... But she didn't tell me anything about even her faith because she knew I was a strong with this. And then I went to the meeting. It was a house church, small group, cell group. And I went in. That was There was something very different I experienced that I never experienced. And people were different. And I walked in. My friends took me and explained about Jesus. And I said, well, I have all those things. And then Tibetan Buddhism believed that there will be something bad will happen if I go to the uh, different religious ceremonies. So I had the fear, but my friend said, well, just come in and see. And there's nothing bad going to happen. So I went into the meeting room. And people. I had migraine that time. And the people asked me if they can pray for me. And I said, sure. And they prayed for me. And my migraine was gone. And then the most of all, I, first time ever, I felt like there's something different and joy and peace and something heaviness lifted up for me. Actually, that during that time, we lost my sister-in-law. We had four young children and my brother kind of took off to the alcoholism because of he lost his wife and it was really hard time and me and my mom took everything we could have and just did a lot of ceremonial things and prayed and we did a lot and so even though well, I was 21 and it was really a hard time and I felt like I I was lost and and then I experienced that I never thought I can and then I found out I can call the, the God as a father and that just grabbed my heart. Then I just made a decision to follow. My family thought I'm turning crazy and there was a little bit of pushback, but nothing like bad persecution, but was a little bit of persecution just emotionally. And But what God gave me, like no one could steal. I, I just had that joy. And so there was a the the friends and they loved us well and the single girl actually is a single girl I watched her and she kind of discipled us mentored us not kind she mentored us so I just told God God I just I want to give this to other people and I knew how is it difficult to Go without any hope and real hope. So I told Jesus, God, I want to share this with others. And especially I thought about Tibetan Buddhist people and Tibetans because <laughs> it was Tibetan Buddhism. And I started praying. And year after, there was a conference in Mongolia, and I knew God called me for the nation. So I made a decision in 2009. I quit my job and I started preparing. That's where we met. Well, made the, the Josh pursuit. God spoke to Josh and then he spoke to me. We were gonna be teammates but ended up marrying and we had the baby and then we moved to India. So yeah.
2: Lifetime teammates. Yes. That's right. So grateful for you guys. Uh and the fact that God took you to Mongolia, Josh, in order to begin this uh very fruitful, fruitful marriage for His glory for the kingdom.
0: Yeah, you guys know that our, our podcast is about resiliency and trying to find out what are the keys that the different people are holding and carrying that enable them to make it for the long haul. And I know that I know that your story has in it some some major health challenges, and uh, I know there's other challenges as well. And I just thought maybe it would be good to hear a little bit about some of the things that have been uh, real difficulties that you faced that you've worked through and, and fought through in order to to continue to, to follow god's call in your life and, and continue to, to stay where you where you're working and love where you're living
1: well the, yeah there was so many health issues we went through but the hardest thing was people and relationships and mm-hmm watching the people we walked together and thought we're gonna serve god long term (laughs) together and losing them them turning away and there's so many relationship problems and those things were the hardest still sometimes like just like my best friend or the People, my leaders standing away from God and yeah just watching them going without God it's been harder than the, well, sickness and those moments were hard, but just those relationship things were harder because people if the enemy really goes after relationships. Yeah. So losing our the people we love was harder than like going through a
3: Yeah, I guess I would just to add to that, the physical trials that we've had. So Sagana had, Sagana had tuberculosis in 2009 to 2011, drug-resistant, uh, almost died. Um, I've had four back operations, removal of one tumor, um, and I had a, had a mini-stroke from a lot of stress and stuff. So we've been, and other little things too. So we've had quite a bit, but I would say that, you know, we're good. We're we're healthy today. (laughs) We're healthy. We're happy. We have an amazing marriage, wonderful kids, family. We have more than we need, more than we ever thought we would. And we've got to see, been so blessed to see God do so many things, you know, miracles, signs, and wonders that dream about seeing I mean we've gotten to see them we've been through we've been privileged we've heard so much as well as church planting and thousands of people being saved and so I would say in the middle of it when we've been you know like I'm looking at Sagana you know really sick in bed like is this the time that I can I'm gonna lose her or you know yeah and we had the actually we we had that in when we lived in South Asia, each of us looking at each other at times, you know like that, and mm-hmm. but really, I think the things that that we look back on and we still feel difficulty from is what Sagan just expressed yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's the loss of relationship, mm-hmm. you know we get past we're all being poured out like drink offerings, <laughs> as Paul said, <laughs> and we should expect that as part of the course. And we're all gonna to go to be with Jesus one day. And these bodies are are going away um, little by little as we get older, you know. But when we lose relationship and when we lose people from the kingdom, that's what really has hurt been hard over the long term more. Yeah. So on
2: that note, you know, there are listeners today who are hearing this who are going through their own relational challenges and it feels like it's, you know, ripping their hearts out at time and times and there's a lot of grief and so much loss. Uh talk to us about, you know, what are some of the ways that you've poured out your hearts before the Lord like a drink offering, like you said, Josh. Some of the ways that you've you've fallen on him and, and received from him what you've needed, the the grace and mercy you've you've needed in time of of uh the most pain.
1: God uses those things to Refine us and, and change us. And I remember sitting and blaming someone. And God stopped me after like two, almost three years of those relationship things. And God said, so going now look back and see what you've learned. And then he just showed me like one thing after another, even those people hurt us. Uh, like, they feel hurt too, I think. But just long as we did through that time, God really taught us how to not respond by the flesh and how you bring that unforgiveness and hurt to God. And yeah, the way, where I take my hurt and anger and problem is more important than what those people did to me. And so God really taught us to take that from else and learn how to look, pray for those people and forgive them. But not in the beginning. It's like I remember sitting inside of me. It's like I wanted to say all bad things about those people. And I want to fight with them, Me, like just the flesh is just staring inside, boiling inside of me. But coming to Jesus is like, because it's commandment. He didn't ask, tell us, like, if you want, you forgive. But just learning about his forgiveness and going to him every time. Inside even I'm one or two cursed, but outside I'm saying, Jesus, I want to, we want to follow you and we want to obey you. So I choose to forgive, but this is what I'm feeling. And I remember just typing out those hurts and responses coming, what's coming to us. I'm responding in my email, but in my computer and typing it out and closing it, just not sending them. I'm so thankful that there were people like uh, Susan Tingley walked with me when we were back in the States and there was so many sweet people really helped and prayed and walked with us and guiding and helping us to respond right way, not with our flesh. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, I'm so thankful I have, we didn't get hurt anyone with our words only God can help us um, take through this, and then I, it helped us to understand, learn, understand that our fight is not against the flesh and blood, it's against the spirit. So, understanding that enemy is trying to do this, and it's not that person, it's about the God loves that person, what they are doing is separate from who they are. I'm saying, well, he taught me how to forgive,
3: Yeah, with the relationships and the sicknesses, one of the hardest things for me, the relationships, losing relationships was harder for Sagana than it was for me because she's more of a feeler than I am. (laughs) And also because she is Mongolian. So when she talks about it, she's talking about literally losing the relationship with her childhood best friend because of the devil. Um, I think that the deepest, the darkest times of, of the soul for me in those things where I can think of and I can, I can feel, still feel feelings from these three times when I really thought that I might lose my wife. And the first was right after we got married, and our son was born a year after we got married, and the pregnancy was so difficult. Sagana almost died. The doctors had to like, resuscitate her a couple times, and the doctor would continually tell me, uh, we would go in for the checkups and then she would stay in the hospital for a while and they'd put her on medications and she'd get a little better and they'd send her home and she'd get worse and she'd be back in the hospital. And, and she, and, and when we would go to see the doctor, the doctor would tell me over and over in a, in a room away from Sagana, you need to abort this baby. And if you don't, the baby is definitely going to die. And your wife is probably saying say, no, we believe in Jesus and I trust God we're not going to do that and he wouldn't yell at me and we didn't have any american team then it was just us we had lots of mongolians right i was the only american
1: no so no guy speaks english
3: sagana <laughs> didn't speak much english you know we got married by word of god she spoke a little bit of english i didn't know it was like mongolian we we learned
1: but god used that
3: experience to bring us really close together. So we developed really strong love for each other and relationship with each other, as well as learning each other's languages. But during that time, Sigon was sick and I'm, you know, there were several times when I, I was in our tent and she was in the hospital and thinking, I'm going to wake up, have my wife in the morning. Mm. And I would just, just talk with Jesus and, and say, why did you, me here for this. This is. I thought you brought me here for something else. And I know, looking back, it's a lot easier to say that I developed in me close relationship with him, an understanding of his heart, an understanding of what Jesus went through. You know, so many things. Uh, but it doesn't make it easier when you're going through pain and hardship. And all I could do was fall upon Jesus and say, "I'm going to be here." Uh, I'm I'm again Jesus. I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to stay faithful to it as long as I can and trust that you'll bring a good outcome. And outcomes aren't always good. Aren't always what we want. Um, but falling upon Jesus has brought so much fruit in my life. And I think that I know there are people listening to this who are going through really hard times, whether it's emotional or physical. And so those times, you know, when, when Sagana was pregnant and sick was, physical sickness for her. And it was emotional, spiritual, you know, depression for me, Mm. um, with no way out other than Jesus. Uh, so continually looking to Jesus and just being honest. I mean, I was brutally honest with God at that time. You know, I, I, I I told God, why did you bring me here for this? Uh, accusing him of wrong. Um, (laughs) And not saying God was bad, I know there's there's boundaries and limits to that, but not that I did it right, I'm sure I did some of it wrong, but God was gracious with me through it, and Sagana survived, and our son survived, and was very healthy, and still is, and I'm very thankful, and we, I went, we went through similar things in, in India, you know, we had one really bad sickness, it was 2004, probably... Sagana couldn't get out of bed. She passed out on the sidewalk. I just pick her up and carry her in. I came back to the market. and She's laying there, and our little son, who's like a couple years old, is is sitting there, you know, holding her hand, uh, (laughs) praying for his mommy. And I have to pick her up and carry her in, put her on the bed, and and I thought the same thing Uh, and the same thing, you know, God, why, you know, doing all of this? This is not the life that I chose. I chose you. And I even married this girl that you wanted me to <laughs> because you said, and so why am, why are we going through this? why am I going through this again? But the same thing, nowhere to go other than Jesus um, and praying and being honest, but believing that he's good. And then the same when she had tuberculosis, you know, there was, there actually was something that was different that brought breakthrough when Sigana had tuberculosis, which was, God used that to give me a revelation of what the devil is doing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a breaking point in me one night where I just had this I call it like my Jesus at the temple moment <laughs> where I, I felt this extreme anger and it was not anger at God, it was not anger at circumstances, it was anger at the devil. Sagana was was sick in bed and we got my two kids and so many things. <laughs> So the church was falling apart. We literally we had we had just just had a a church building catch on fire and burn down. We had
1: relationship problems. These
3: relationships breaking apart. We lost churches. We had one of we had somebody connected to the church die. We had other people getting sick and, and, later, and so it was this whole it was a whole cloud of stuff. It wasn't just Sagana, but she was part of it. And we're sitting there in our in our house, and one of our our neighbors was a shaman and he started this fire you know, dancing around beating his drum and stuff. And we can hear it. And it's like the devil is coming into our house. We're trying to worship, you know, and something inside of me snapped. And I felt this extreme anger against the devil and what he was doing and felt like this is not right. I can't heal my wife. I can't change what's going on, but the devil does not have the right to do this. Um, Went out with the kids and and we went up on this high spot between us and the shaman and, Worshiped and prayed for a few minutes, and the shaman put his fire out and put his drum away and, and went in. And he never did that again. And he, had, you know, he would do it regularly. He never did it again, and and something changed. Even though the circumstances didn't change, and actually after that things got worse yeah. <laughs> with, with relationships and the church and everything. Because and you know, I went back, and we made a decision that night that we weren't going to let people pull us in through the mud anymore we weren't going to go on these rabbit trails of other stuff we we're just going to go all after jesus again meaning you know she's sick in bed but when i go out and deal with people I, i'm not going to go where they want to go i'm going to tell them sagan and i have decided we're going all after jesus we're not going to talk that way we're not going to talk about that person that way we're not going to do this anymore if you want to come with us 100 percent after jesus like this then you can come if not see you later you know mm-hmm. and it was really hard people wow. got really angry and things got worse but then they got better after a couple months of that they started getting better well <laughs> uh, it, was, to get it was probably a year process up. of getting better right better oh. <laughs> relative
1: and wow. they will let me on the phone and saying because Jeff speaks going, but they will find a way to accuse him so in the end, I had to get up and go with him, stick with him, because they were using him being uh, American and trying to blame his Mongolian, which is his Mongolian is very good. So yeah. But with so, all
0: with all of those difficulties that you just mentioned, I mean churches burning down and uh, people turning away from you and sicknesses, I think you've already answered this, but I, I kind of want to hear you hear you say it. Uh, what what kept you there instead of going somewhere else where it would be a whole lot easier
1: we've seen like uh, we've seen how God works through the difficulty and trials, and if we can hold on to it, if we press through it, he is always faithful. It's the only choice we had was do we give up and go or do we keep pressing but one of our friends the Australian guy it was very close to us. He asked us one question really helped us was what if you fail, like everything you are doing fail and everything falls apart and nothing stays. And what does that mean?
3: Like, like meaning he, yeah. he, he was, he got specific. He said, okay, imagine you wake up tomorrow morning and people call you one by one, the, your, your friends that are left, your colleagues that are left. Right, that are left, and they all say, "Forget you, we're gone." Mm-hmm. Right, so you
1: lose everything. Yeah. So, what does that mean about God? What does that mean about you? How mm-hmm. is it gonna be your what's gonna be look like your relationship with God? And that really gave us a time to think and protest what really is meaningful for our lives and of course it was Jesus like I said like when I met Jesus I knew I found out that it's my father in heaven and since then I have very close relationship. Every time I call out to him it's I'm talking with the Father and God really grabbed my heart so I will choose God and I knew there's no other way I can make it.
3: And I would say um, holding on to God's words and
1: promises. Holding on to God's promises.
3: And Sagan learned that from the beginning of her faith walk because she was with the Franzens at the beginning of their church planting there. And Brett is the best about that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Better than anybody I know. He has words from God that he's had for thirty years, maybe more, that he, you know, still looks at yeah. probably on a daily basis. I don't think that's an exaggeration, and he had you know stacks of notebooks, and he knows all these words of God, and he holds on to them in their reality and I, and, and he taught me that as well, Go, so for both of us, going back to in those decision points, like for me at those turning points when i 'm really feeling like, okay, you know and there are multiple points where I thought, God, can I just do something else with my life mm-hmm. Just anything, anywhere else. <laughs> And going back to talking with Jesus and, and going back to those words of the Lord and going back to, I have a choice. You know, I'm here out of my own choice. God has gave me a strong call through a, a dream and an encounter, but it's my choice. And what am I going to do with that? And I just want to say yes to Jesus. I don't want to imagine a scenario in which I change that. The end decision should always be the same. That doesn't mean that it's easy because honestly it was very hard. I mean, there were multiple times when -hmm. we wanted to do anything else, anywhere else. And we're close to making that decision. But in the end, you know, we always said, we'll fast and pray together Mm -hmm. about big decisions and always make those decisions together. And we talked about, and, and, and God or the devil will bring around. Sometimes it's hard to know the difference when you're in the middle of that stuff. When God, when, when other options come your way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I got job offers in the middle of hardest times, you know, good job offers from Christian organizations that would pay a salary plus pay for school for the kids and, you know, healthcare and all of that thinking, is this from the Lord or is this from the devil or what, you know, and coming back to fast and pray, take some time, hear from the Lord, make decisions together and coming back to, okay, God, this is what you've called us to. And we don't want to change that.
1: So through those trials, God really brought us closer than ever. And, and always after going through those moments, now we have like, okay, let's just press through. And sometimes it's just like Jesus is holding my one finger. It's very close to fall down. But He hold, if I'm there, try, and he holds on to it, and he never let it go. That's how Jesus worked in us through all those difficult times. And he He showed us how he, faithful he is.
2: You guys are a walking testimony of the power of lament as I hear you pouring out your heart before, to God. And I just we see that James 1, 2 through 4, those trials that have made you just look more and more like Jesus. Well, hey, guys, as we start to wrap up here today, I want to ask you a question. Sagana and Silas asked. Josh, a question. Donna, what's something the older you wishes you could tell the younger you when you were first setting out on this journey?
1: Well, don't try to please people. Just God. That's the one thing I did. I tried to please people, and I put it over God. I wish I learned that earlier. That's it.
0: Josh, what would be a, a, the one big takeaway that you'd want our listeners to remember from our interview today? Yeah, the scripture comes to mind,
3: Second Timothy four six to eight. As Paul said, "I'm already being poured out as, as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, and there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will award me on that day." not only to me, but also all those who have loved is appearing. Yeah. Oh, you know what Paul says here that he's already being poured out as a, as a drink offering. Right. And that's the, that's the journey that we're on. We should have this expectation that the journey is difficult and that we are being poured out. We're not, we're not dumped out all at once. I guess some of us are, but, but, but more the picture is we're we're slowly being poured out and, and that hurts. It's not, it's not easy, uh, but we want to, we want to finish the race to win the crown at times when everything in us has cried out, do something else. And it's at, in those times we were influenced by our flesh, sometimes influenced by other people, even well-meaning people around us, right? Well-meaning friends, family, Christians, and um, the, the challenge is to not not be influenced by other people, but to stick to what we believe about who God is and who we are and what we are here to do. And, you know, that question that the, our friend asked us that was so impactful for our lives, you know, if, if all of these different scenarios happen, you know, what if, what if, what if, what does that mean about you? What does it mean about God? What will you get up and do tomorrow? answer for all of us probably is the same in our hearts, that we want to get up and we want to obey Jesus. Sometimes making it really simple like that is really helpful to cut through what we see in today with our physical eyes and what we're feeling in our physical bodies and our emotions because really we are privileged to be part of something amazing. And, and that seems so clear when we start out, but it gets so fuzzy in the middle no, that's good. But we want to run the race to win the crown and we don't want to, we don't want to give up in the middle and miss out on things that we missed out on.
0: Yeah. Well, it's very, very clear that you are running a good race, both of you. And we're just so thankful that you were willing to to share your story with us today. Mm-hmm. So I'd just like to ask you to close us out with praying a prayer of of blessing and the grace that God's given you to, to fight the, the good fight and, and run the race well, that he would uh, uh, bestow that same grace on the rest of us.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Lord, thank you. And
3: um, Lord, your story that as we've shared a, a bit of our story today, that it's really, it's such an honor and privilege to get to be part of your story and with marvelous comrades. Uh, We have such a a privilege to do that, Lord, and we ask for your blessing on every person who would listen to this wherever they are geographically, wherever they're at in their life, in their ministry, in their relationship with you, Lord, uh, that you would give them the grace today, uh, even if it feels difficult to think about next month or next year and uh, from the difficult places in our lives and it's difficult to see the way out it's difficult to feel that all of this will be good again even when we know that you are good it's hard to sometimes believe that our lives will be again lord And i ask for the grace to do that the grace to to go back and revisit those promises the prophecies the words to believe that your words are more real than what we see with our eyes what we feel with our bodies to believe that what you've spoken about the future to us that we have in our notebooks and what we read in the Bible to believe that those are more real than what we're experiencing in the now and day to day and to live by that and to fall back in those times of crossroads and decision-making on not making it too difficult, not letting our minds go through all these what if scenarios, but just getting back down to, okay, Jesus, it's me and you. And what's my commitment to you? When, I, when it gets down to just me and you again, if that's all it is, what will my decision be? Um, would you give each of us the grace in those moments, in those times to simply say yes to you uh, so that we can look forward at the end of our lives to hearing that well done, good and faithful servant and not not worrying about all the details of what it looks like in between. But Lord, we, we just want to say yes to you over and over so that we can win the race in the end. Just bless every listener with that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Thanks, Josh and Sagana. We love you guys so much. So thankful for you. Proud to be your friends and just part of this uh, great kingdom work
3: together with you. God bless you all. Thank you so much. We're, we're so honored. Thank you for letting us get on here and share some of our story.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you.
3: you so thank you for what you guys are doing, sharing people's stories. I've
1: we've, we've enjoyed been, listening to the podcast. We
3: have been so blessed by the Resiliency Podcast. Thank
2: All you. right. Thanks so much. Bless you guys. Bye bye. Bye.
3: Okay.
0: Well, listeners, thanks again for tuning in. That does it for this episode of Resiliency. You can follow us on Instagram at Resiliency Podcast. And so for now, I'm Silas West, and thank you for listening to Resiliency.